0: an absolute privilege to be able to bring the word of God to you this morning and thank you David for reading those words so so well. They are the words of King Solomon, believed to be one of the, the wisest men who ever lived so I think when you hear words from someone given such accolades you should probably sit up and listen a bit, don't you think? We often hear that, that passage read at weddings so perhaps you're thinking why are you bringing this as a message? This morning, but I think that as we uh, as we begin to kind of unpack it you'll you 'll get a, an understanding of, of why I chose this passage this morning, but for weddings it 's a beautiful picture isn 't it of the the bride and the groom and God being those three chords that come together in unity to create this this bond that cannot be broken, and I think it 's just a beautiful picture, but actually, I believe that in the context of of what Solomon is writing. There's actually just a little bit more to it than, than just speaking into uh, the relationship of husband and wife in marriage. And so that's what I want to spend some time looking at this morning. And if you were to just flick back to the beginning of this chapter in Ecclesiastes, you'll see that actually Solomon is, is seeing and he's speaking about oppression that he's experiencing at that time he's witnessing and he's a part of uh, oppression in his time and so that is what he's he's writing about that is where this verse comes from and in my bible chapter 4 is headed evil under the sun and it opens with these words it says again I saw all the oppressions that are done under the sun and behold the tears of the oppressed and they had no one to comfort them and I believe that even in the world today, we can see and we can experience oppression in various, uh, various uh, sizes and various impacts on our lives. Whether it be right here in Lytham or across the globe, we can see, you just have to turn on the news and you can hear about various kinds of oppression that people are facing today. Whether that's whole countries or people groups or individuals, we face oppression and so actually when you get to this well-known verse that David shared with us just a moment ago you can almost read these words as a rallying cry you can read them as a battle cry that we can speak out to say actually we shouldn't be standing alone we shouldn't be separating ourselves from those around us but actually the strength comes when we unite together And that is why we've gathered here this morning as churches across Lytham to unite with a common purpose, with a common goal, because we all serve the same God. And so what Solomon's saying to us is he's calling us to come together and he's calling us out of his wisdom and out of an understanding that we can be stronger together. We can be stronger together and actually we can't survive on our own. We can't complete what God has called us to do on this earth on our own. We need others around us. We need people to come around us in unity with that common goal of advancing the kingdom of God. Believing that it will come on earth in rhythm as it is in heaven. And so this morning, I want to look at this passage with that perspective and see how it can apply to our lives as individuals, as separate churches, and also as churches together in Lytham. So the beginning of that, of that portion of scripture, it says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. And so I believe the first lesson that we can learn from this scripture is actually something that speaks into accountability. It speaks into accountability. And actually, as followers of Jesus, we need other believers around us to hold us accountable. People that we can speak openly to, people that we can be honest and vulnerable and authentic with. We need to pull other believers around us. Proverbs talks, doesn't it, about iron sharpening iron and that actually in order to to benefit yourself, in order to grow in your faith, there's mutual benefit to journeying together in this walk of faith, to actually surrounding yourself with other believers and, and using the word of God, as the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, to teach, to rebuke, to correct and train one another. And so we should encourage each other. We should be encouraging each other in our walk with God. As it says in Hebrews, spurring one another on to love and good works. You know, the reason that many people fall away from this faith journey, that drift away from the path that God has called them to, is because they're trying to do it alone. They're trying to do it on their own, believing that it's okay, I I can do this on my own. I don't need other people. But actually, as we've read in that verse in Ecclesiastes, we need a helper. We need a friend. We need someone who can lift us up when we stumble and when we fall. And that, I believe, is accountability in action. And so as we move on in this passage, it says, Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? How can one be warm alone? Now, there's nothing my wife Ruth hates more than anything in this world is when I try and put my freezing cold feet on her when we're in bed together, not to get too uh, open and honest with you. But there's nothing, even last night, I was like, I'm freezing, and I'm trying to sneak my feet over. She's having none of it. She's pushing me away. We can't be doing it. But I believe this verse is an argument for me to be able to do that, don't you think? <laughs> But then similarly, our youngest boy, Toby, he's six and most mornings around kind of four, half four in the morning, he will crawl into bed and he'll snuggle up to his mummy for warmth and for comfort because he knows that that's a safe place for him to be. And for me, this verse, it speaks to the idea of comfort. This picture of two people lying down together and holding each other for warmth. There's reassurance in that action, isn't there? There's reassurance in it. There's support. There's encouragement. There's almost a a refreshing. There's something that's life-giving when you've got that kind of warmth, that picture of being together. And whether that's a closeness with husband and wife or parent or child, they're beautiful pictures, but it just, it doesn't just apply to those pictures. It also applies to the closeness of a friend, of a fellow believer in Christ, of a prayer partner, of people in your home group, whatever that may look like. It comes in all kinds of 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 ways and pictures, but actually when we draw fellow believers in Christ around us, not only can we have this element of accountability, but we can have this element of comfort and of support. Because what I find amazing is that actually, uh, as the body of Christ, we are so diverse. In what other setting than church would this group of people hanging out if we're totally honest. you you know, quite often there might be the person next to you they are like, I would do life with them. But maybe the person in front of you thinking, I would never hang out with them in a million years. And that's okay because we're all different. We're all diverse. And I think it's a beautiful picture of actually what God wanted from the church. And because of that diversity, because of the fact that we come from many different walks of life and many different backgrounds, and we've all lived through different experiences, that actually when we're going through some, thing, when we're in those valley moments that the psalmist talks about, that actually we can find someone within this diverse group of people that we call the church, the body of Christ, who have been through what we're going through, who can uh, who can recognize and relate to what it is that we're going through. Not that they've been through exactly the same thing, but that they can come alongside you and say, I know a little bit about what it is that you're going through. Let me comfort you. Let me support you in that. And I think it's just a beautiful picture of what the church should be like. And I think that also, as well as it being people who have been through something similar, it also comes because the Bible teaches us about compassion. And actually, as followers of Christ, we should be filled with Compassion for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so you might be going through some struggles or some battles or facing some really difficult times. And actually, what you'll find is your fellow follower in Christ, your, the person who you sit next to in church, can have compassion for you and can offer you that comfort that you need in that moment of crisis or struggle. And we read, don't we, about Jesus being so often moved by compassion. And actually, when Jesus was moved by compassion, he brought comfort to people, didn't he? If you read the Jesus story in the Bible, you see him time and time again being moved with compassion and feeling compelled to act. It wasn't just a, oh, I feel sorry for this person or I feel bad for this group of people. But actually that feeling, that emotion then prompted him to act. It prompted him to do something, whether that was the, the feeding of the 5,000. It says that was because he was moved by compassion to these people, whether it was healing the sick, whether it was ultimately sacrificing himself on the cross so that we can have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. It was all out of this attitude and this emotion of compassion. And actually the action that he went through because of his emotion brought comfort to people then and to us right now. And so when we live together, when we walk together in unity with each other, we can have accountability and we can have comfort and then as we move on to verse 12 it says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated but two can stand back to back and conquer and so we've seen these images of accountability and we've seen the image of comfort but for me this closing verse there's an image of strength there's an image of strength and you know who knows that there's strength in numbers There's strength when we come together. And I like that this imagery that he is using here in the scripture is of a battle. It's of a fight because we are part of a spiritual battle. We are in a spiritual battle between good and evil, this battle that is often unseen. And yet we are called throughout scripture to come together, to stand together in unity, to what? To fight together, to fight the good fight of faith and you know when we talk about this idea of of strength in numbers sheep come to mind for me as well this idea of sheep you know they they find comfort and they find strength in the herd if a sheep is out on the field and it's on its own, it will not only, you know, it might be happy just kind of grazing away on the grass, but the reality is that if a predator appears, their natural instinct is to come together in a herd, recognizing that there is strength in numbers. And so if we, as followers of Christ, are the sheep to the good shepherd of Jesus, then what we're hearing here through this message is that we should come together, that we should surround ourselves with others because together we are stronger. Together we are stronger. When we're facing a spiritual attack, We need other followers of Christ to come alongside us, to pick us up when we are falling down, to to give us extra strength when we feel like we've run out of what it is that we already have, to support each other to stand with us in prayer, to believe and agree with us for whatever it is that we are facing to be overcome, for strongholds to be broken down, for walls to be busted open so that we can see breakthrough in our lives as we begin to believe God together in unity for his power to move. And we've been singing about that this morning. This is a house, not this Hope Church rhythm, but us as the body of Christ. We are a house of miracles. We have access to the throne room of heaven because we are sons and daughters of the God most high. And so we can stand on that together and believe that the power of God can move in our lives. And so it says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back. And I love how Solomon continues this imagery of proximity. You know, he's talked about the comfort of two lying together in that that image of comfort. But now he's talking about standing back to back, standing shoulder to shoulder in 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 a presentation of strength. Not just comfort, but of strength. And I don't know about you, but I think there's something comforting about standing with someone when you're going through a difficult time. That actually going it alone is challenging. But when someone comes with you and someone stands with you, you can almost take some of their strength. And it helps to build confidence and it helps to build faith because it's not just me. It's not just me. It's me and you. It's me and you. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two standing back to back can conquer. And three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And so what Solomon's saying is that if two are better than one then why not get a third person involved? And why not get a fourth and a fifth and begin to add and multiply the numbers that are standing together in strength because we are stronger together? Think a moment, if you will, and I'm going to close with this, of the picture of a suspension bridge. Think of a, susp- a suspension bridge, and we've got a picture, I believe, that might go up the sc- on the screen of the, uh, let me try and say this right, A Kashikai Kaio Bridge in Japan. That is the world's largest suspension bridge. And what does a suspension bridge do? How does it work? Well, in the crudest of terms, they carry vertical loads through curved cables in tension. And so each of the cables that are supporting this bridge, each of those cables is made up of multiple wires that have been bound together. And actually when they're bound together and they're working in unison, they're working in unity, they're actually able to carry loads that are way beyond what they could carry on their own. And so the key thing here is that actually each of the cables within that suspension bridge, each one has a part to play. Each one has a load to carry. And if one of those cords were to break, then actually the strength of the bridge, the strength of the body of Christ, if we're taking that imagery and applying it to us, if one of us doesn't play our part, if one of us falls over and stumbles, actually the strength that we have in unity together is weakened. And so we are called through this scripture that Solomon is writing to come together in unity, to be bound together in unity so that we can strengthen one another, so that we can carry loads way further than we could carry if we were doing this life on our own. I believe that God has placed each and every one of you here for such a time as this. Each and every one of you has a purpose in God in order to carry out his work right here in Lytham to see God's kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. We each have a part to play. And just like the cables in our suspension bridge, Each one has a part to play. And if one of us fails, if one of us falls away, if one of us becomes weak or broken, we all suffer. But if we can come together, if we can have strength together, if we can support one another, then together we can do what God is calling us as the body of Christ to do here in Lytham. What's the saying? Is it the whole is greater than the sum of the parts? Or as we say in our house, as we say in our house together, teamwork makes the dream work is what we say. Our kids say all the time. Teamwork makes the dream work. So what about if we started working together? What if we started working together with others in our individual churches? What if we started working together with them? What if we started working together as churches across Lytham and I know that we are already doing that and it's my privilege to be involved and to meet with some of the other ministers and people from the congregations represented here today because together we are doing God's work in Lytham together we are united with this common goal with this common purpose to see his kingdom come in Acts 4 it said that all believers were united in heart and mind all believers were united in heart and mind and they pooled their resources and they shared everything that they had. And, and what happened when you read about the early church? What happened is that they grew and they grew and they grew and people were saved and the sick were healed. And there were no needy purple um, people among them because they worked together, because they were unified together. And What a beautiful picture that is of the church working together in unity. And I opened this server this morning with the passage from Psalm one through three, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. And I do honestly count it a privilege to to meet with the other ministers and to to discuss strategies of how we can advance God's kingdom. And I encourage you to be praying for that that forum to make sure that we are hearing from God, that that we are hearing his direction. Because as Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing, so we should do what we see the Father doing. And so pray that, that those people involved in those conversations would hear from God would hear his wisdom, would hear his guidance and see where it is that God is moving across Lytham, across this town, so that we can get involved, so that we can work with him, that we can work together to see his kingdom come. And I'm excited to see what we can achieve as churches united together in this. Are you excited? I'm excited for this. Why don't we pray? Why don't we pray? So, Father God, we we do just thank you for the privilege of being able to call ourselves the church, being able to call ourselves the body of Christ. And that actually the picture that you paint, not just in this verse, but throughout Scripture, is a picture of us working together, is a picture of us each playing our own part together together. Not going it alone, not attempting to strive or to struggle to do things just as individuals, but working together as this perfect body of Christ to fulfill your call on our lives. And so in the same way that that you said that it's not good that man should be alone, and so you created a helper for Adam that actually we would recognize that together we are stronger together we can achieve more than we could ever do on our own. And so I pray for fellow believers to come around us so that we can be accountable to them, that we can uh, we can be encouraged by them in our times of struggle, that we can be open and honest and vulnerable with the struggles that we're facing in our lives and lift each other up in that sense of accountability. And God, I pray for opportunities to come together and to find comfort in the body of Christ, to, to find others who who can empathize with us through our struggles, that can, that can rejoice with us in our joys, that we can find comfort in this body of Christ. And God, finally, I pray that, that we would find strength in numbers, that together we would be stronger together, that, that we would unite under your supervision, that we would look to you for guidance, that we would look to you for wisdom, but come together in unity so that we can be stronger together in Jesus mighty name and all God people said amen amen Amen. well it's been a privilege to open the word of God and so now comes to the part of our service where we we look at this covenant um, that was written in 1984 and signed by representatives of each of the churches that are gathered here together and so before we we just kind of there's a little bit of a, a kind of words and response that we're going to do and I'll talk you through that in a moment but before we do that I thought it'd be good if we just hear the words of this covenant document you can come and see this beautiful framed picture after the service um, but I just want to invite Father David to come up and and read the words of the covenant thank you
1: thank you John So these are the words written on our covenant. We the ministers and people representing the churches in Lytham confess our faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour according to the scriptures and acknowledge our calling to serve him and his mission in the world. We give thanks for all that we have in common but we recognise that our divisions are a hindrance to that calling. We therefore repent of all that is sinful in our divisions. Since we recognise in one another faith in the one gospel of Jesus Christ, proclaimed in scripture, which the creeds of the ancient church and other historic confessions are intended to safeguard, and since we recognise one another as within the one church of Jesus Christ, pledged to serve in his kingdom and sharing in the unity of the Spirit, we therefore covenant together to make visible the unity of Christ's people in our town, not yet knowing what form that unity may eventually take, but believing that by taking the steps to which we now commit ourselves, we shall be led to a fuller understanding of that unity which is Christ's will for all his people. And therefore, we pledge ourselves to joint prayer and worship not only for the unity of Christ's people, but shall, as will provide for each tradition the opportunity to learn and value the spiritual traditions of all the churches for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, to support each other in deepening and renewing the treasures of our several traditions so that the life of the whole church may be enriched together with the life of the individual believer. And to explore our Christian convictions and their practical application, to cooperate as churches in ministry and pastoral care, to work as a team in caring for the community, to cooperate in Christian witness at home and overseas, to cooperate in Christian education and training to these ends. Thank you what great words that
0: that these ministers wrote out and encouraged us and i think that this has been a great example of what it is that they were talking about uh, back then and i think it, it really is a privilege to be able to to gather together and to work together in unity in order to fulfill this covenant that was declared all those years ago and so we've just got a little declaration that that encourages and, and acknowledges that actually as fellow believers across the town of Lytham, that we are behind this covenant, that we are in agreement with these words that have just been read out. So why don't you stand? Um, I'm going to read a phrase, and then um, if you are in agreement, then what I would just ask is that you respond with the words, we will, with the help of God. We will, with the help of God. People of God, we gather together today to celebrate our commitment as people of faith, To work together in building up God's kingdom in Lytham. Will you endeavor to support Christian ministry in this town? We will, with the help of God. People of God, we are a people of lively faith. Will you strive to preach God's word in life and in worship? We will, with the help of God. Amen. Amen. Why don't you grab your seats? I just want to take a moment to pray for the churches of Lytham. And I've also asked Reverend Stuart to pray for Hope Church as well. I thought rather than praying for my own church, it'd be good to invite someone else. So I'm gonna pray first and then I'll invite Reverend Stuart. So why don't we why don't we pray? Father God, we do just thank you for Uh, this community of churches. We thank you for the people of Lytham Methodist. We thank you for the people of St. Cuthbert's and St. John's and St. Peter's, that God, you uh, have appointed us to be a part of those individual churches, but you've also called us to come together in unity in order to serve your kingdom in this town and so God for each of the people of those churches I just pray that you would surround them with your protection against this spiritual battle that we are all facing that God you would place your protection around each and every one of them I pray that your joy would be their strength through challenging times and that you would let them just sense your joy in their lives and God, I pray for the churches in Lytham that they would see growth both in numbers and in influence in this town. I pray for an ever-creasing, ever-increasing revelation of, of who they are as individuals, as sons and daughters of the King of Kings, of heirs to the throne of heaven, that also in knowing who we are and in knowing whose we are, we can better fulfill your call on our lives. I pray that they would hear your voice clearly. I pray that they would see where it is that you're moving in their midst so that they can join in as Jesus did. I thank you for them, God. I thank you for the ministers and leaders that you have appointed to each and every one of those churches. I pray that you would bless them, you would bless their families, you would protect them, that you would keep them safe, that you would keep them walking closely with you day by day. I pray that you would bless these churches in their year ahead. Thank you for their commitment to working together as churches in Lytham, united in faith for your glory and your kingdom work in Jesus' name.